we'll discuss three different subjects. And at the end, find a link between all the three. Most of the modern minds always has this question, what is the meaning behind rituals? What is the use behind rituals? Why every religion has to insist on so many rituals? Is there any meaning to the rituals? There must be a meaning to every ritual. Men of wisdom would have never asked you to do something that was meaningless. But because a lot of us have not learned the meaning behind the ritual, because our father was doing and he was doing because his father was doing, Sometimes we are not able to explain to our children why a ritual. And hence in their eyes, it seems, so much is meaningless. Religion is the highest science. There is no science beyond religion. But somehow as time evolved, metaphorically if I have to put, man was walking along with the old woman for centuries together and they had a great relationship. Suddenly somewhere from behind the mountains, a young girl bubbly, cheerful, jumpy, suddenly appeared. And suddenly man thought, how long will I keep walking along with this old woman? For some time let me go with this young girl. And he left the hands of the old woman, took the hands of the young girl. When she jumped, he also jumped. When she ran, he also ran. And with her, he just traveled for a few decades. And he started becoming very tired. Very tired because man realized that old woman, she was taking care of him. This young girl, he has to take care of her. And this young girl does not seem to be satisfied no matter what he does for her. The old woman is a religion. She was taking care of you. The young girl is science. You have to take care of science. And you cannot satisfy science because, okay, you've done everything and now landed man in the moon and you have sent a technology to Mars. Can you rest now? Now you have to think how to go to Jupiter. 
now you found out in physics there is material and then you did a lot of things and found out no no material is made up of atoms then you did a lot of research and found out atoms is made up of subatomic particles then you found out subatomic particles are made up of quarks and your research will can you can't stop what else is there inside the earth you have to dig then when you find you can't dig more then you have to invent another mining device by which you can dig even further and then you find out what it is then there is a research team set up to find out what you have taken from earth what it is then another mining device is found then earth gets angry and she shakes it's called earthquake she says how much will you drill me but you cannot arrive in science there is no end to science okay computers have come enough no you need more advanced technology than that then the laptops comes enough no then you want the ipads enough no you want something else then you want the galaxy tab enough no you want something else so you can't stop with science see what happens is religion is a matter of convergence there is an end point to it science is emergence you can't stop so man and science is a field that has grown only over the last century and man is so tired today running after science running after material running after toys thak gaya so now he is again turning back to see if this old woman will take care of her one more time but he has lost that old woman long time back and in the process of losing the old woman man has lost something else along with that the cream of human intelligence has gone towards science very few one here one there is embracing religion the leftovers embrace religion only a few intellectuals embrace religion everybody else has gone into science so what happens is we don't have enough scientists now in the realm of science to explain to the next generation religion is the highest science but fortunately all of you can feel so blessed that we are just stepping into a modern world a new world a new renaissance a new consciousness that is evolving where so many of them have now stepped forward convincing you it's possible to hold the old woman in one hand and the young one the other let religion take care of you you take care of science hand in hand you can go together for the first time we are stepping into a new era where religion and science are beginning to merge integrate itself in together for the first time you can see there is only a small shift in vocabulary not so much shift in concepts because if you go to a religious person doesn't matter what religion they follow and if you go to a religious person and ask what's life what's a religion and he will tell you everything is god everything comes from god everything is sustained by god everything merges back with god god cannot be perceived through the senses but the manifestation of god can be perceived god was god is god will be there is no beginning and there is no end to god 
God only manifests in various different forms. And that formless presence continues to be present in all the forms. God is everything. Then you go and meet a scientist. And the scientist will tell you, energy is everything. Everything comes from energy, sustained by energy, and everything merges back with energy. Energy cannot be created, energy cannot be destroyed. Energy from one form only manifested itself into another form. There is no beginning to energy, there is no end to energy. Energy was, energy is, energy will be. Energy is everything. That's what a scientist would tell you. So right now the war is only between two words, energy or God, but otherwise there is absolutely no different arguments. Religion and science is beginning to converge. We are just on the threshold of a new renaissance where religiously we will understand science and science will explain religion. Then the next generation will understand there is a science behind rituals and the science behind ritual is this. When a man has not reached that stage yet where he is the master of his own emotions, See, for a lot of us, by decision, we cannot become enthusiastic. By decision, we cannot become ha happy. By decision, we cannot drop hatred. By decision, we cannot get over a failure that has encompassed us. We haven't reached that stage, most of us, where by decision, you can change your emotions from one emotion to another emotion. But man certainly at that stage where by decision you can change an action of yours. It's not difficult for you to change an action of yours. For example, the spontaneous movement of your hand, out of love, out of gratitude, out of reverence, out of devotion, the spontaneous movement of hand for most of you where the hand automatically goes to the heart, is an action performed and probably for the first time you came to this ashram, you saw everybody was doing, so you also started doing. You may not even understand why you were doing. But over a period of time, you felt that it was heartfelt gratitude, heartfelt emotion, heartfelt devotion. You are not trying to relate to that situation through your mind, but you are relating to that situation through your heart. Rituals. An army general who has joined the army, a soldier who has joined the army, has to be made into a patriot. A patriot is what? Somebody who is willing to value his country higher than his own life. Now through a speech, you cannot transform him to a point where he has to value his country more than his life. So he is made to salute the flag on a daily basis. Salute the flag on a daily basis. Action performed. But eventually, the flag that he salutes transforms him into a patriot. Every time when a practice is going on in the army, the commanding officer would tell everybody, attention, and only then give the command. It's a training that's going on. In army there is a saying, train a man to a point where he cannot think against his training. Why is this said? Let us say war is going on, and I really wish there is no war in the world. If we can really, honestly, if every individual can understand the true message of the founder of every religion. 
there will be no war in the world it is sheer religious ignorance of not understanding what the founders of religion wanted us to know that very wars are being fought otherwise there will be no wars in the world if everybody can understand live and let live why there will be war in the world if everybody can go through a heartfelt experience of michami dugnam there'll be no hatred in the world so where is the question of war in the world if everybody can apply the message of christ when he says love your enemies then there is no more enemies because the moment you start love the word enemy dissolves there you can only, i don't think you can make that statement and complete love your enemies you start with love there is no more enemy now who is the enemy here so if every person can walk the message of the founder of the religion there will be no wars in the world but in this context of training now suddenly he two of the soldiers have to step forward so the commanding officer tells the two of the two of you sipai move forward there the sipai asks why two of us why not those two before that the bullet from that side will come now he has to immediately act insubordination in army will not help you to win the war so how is he trained so right through in training he is told battalion attention and a command is given battalion attention command is given he is programmed through an action which transforms him to a feeling of surrender sometimes when you see how army camps are conducted it will be very strange morning the commanding officer will come and tell you battalion attention make yourself into groups of 5 and before sunset i want a pit 5 feet by 5 feet by 5 feet go everybody will run 5 feet by 5 feet by 5 feet everything is done properly evening commanding officer will come and say battalion attention fill it up no why i had to dig the pit and why i had to fill? no it is for you to learn follow the instruction don't ask questions because in the war it will be very useful now what is being done is an action is being performed to create transformation of a feeling this gesture of bringing the two hands together that is followed so much in the soil irrespective of cultural backgrounds the vision of the people who walked this planet before you and me was physically we are very different from each other mentally we are very different from each other the same thing which i am addressing will make him understand differently will make her understand differently our thoughts are very very different intellectually we are very different from each other our value system is not common and for some of us what we always believed as right and wrong till yesterday after listening to one discourse our entire concept of right and wrong changes what we felt was wrong now appears right so our value system keeps evolving all the time emotionally we are very different from each other what makes somebody laugh will make somebody else cry what makes somebody else cry makes somebody else laugh our emotional response to any situation is not the same you see a situation and you become angry he sees the same situation and becomes compassionate the situation is the same but the emotion provoked is not the same so the vision of the people who walked this planet before you and me was physically mentally intellectually emotionally we are very different from each other if the relationship that is built between you and me is built purely on the foundation of these differences differences will always lead to comparison comparison will always lead to somebody feeling superior and somebody feeling inferior 
One of the greatest contributions that has been done by this place, apart from a lot of other things which you by your own comprehend, is all of you being in white and white. If it's not there, if that sense of uniformity is not there, few of them will feel I'm senior seeker. Suppose we have a system like this, white for people who have been with the ashram for five years, gray for three years, then automatically that ego comes in. Right now here, doesn't matter whether you have sat here every day that was possible or this is your first experience here, everybody is made to feel one with each other without a sense of difference, without a sense of discrimination, without a sense of comparison, without feeling superiority. Because in the realm of seeking, the moment that feeling comes, I am senior, I am superior, in that very moment you have lost seeking. Any form of discrimination that comes in there, I have been coming here for five years, I know, you have come only for five times, how do you know? The seeker is dissolved in that very instant. So to ensure that we don't build a world of differences, we don't build a world of superiority and inferiority, we build a world of sameness, we build a world of oneness, we build a world of brotherhood, we build a world of harmony. They said, when you see each other, don't think about the differences. Think about what is common between you and the other. What is common between you and the other is that spiritual presence which is making me speak is the same spiritual presence that is making you listen. Whatever be your differences with me, whatever be my differences with you, one thing does not change. I in spirit and you in spirit are one and the same. Electricity is the same. Through the air conditioning system, it's cooling the room. Through the lights, it's lighting the room. Through the amplification device, it's amplifying my voice. Is electricity different? It's one and the same. The equipments through which it's manifesting are different, and hence there are different manifestations. Through you, the manifestation right now is the one of a seeker. Through me, the manifestation is one of a speaker. And the manifestations are different, but deep inside, you and me are one and the same. They wanted to build a world where you and me see each other, even without knowing each other, as spiritual relatives. Somewhere deep inside, you and me are spiritual relatives. Deep inside, there is no difference between you and me. Intellectually, to listen to a speech is wonderful. We can take down notes also. We can take down all the points. At the outside, it looks like we have understood everything. Two mark question, one mark question, five mark questions. Looks like everything has been understood. Experientially, how do I create this transformation? So they said, always bow down when you see a fellow human being so that you don't get ego involved. Always bring this together. In your case, in this case, basically saying, there's no difference between you and me. All the differences that appear through the senses are purely superficial. The greatest liberation that can come to a man when he can see the rest of the world as his natural spiritual extension is, you're free from ego. See, will any one of you sitting here ever tell somebody, this morning I gave my hand a bath? Now why you don't say I gave my hand a bath? Because you don't see your hand as something different from you, you see your hand as your natural extension. If I don't see you as different from me, but I see you as a natural extension. If you don't see your family as different from me, but you see your family as your natural extension. 
If you see the brothers and sisters here, not as different from you, but as a natural extension, where is ego? When ego comes, everything else goes. When ego goes, everything else comes. It seems a crow that was flying in the sky, holding on to a piece of food between its beak, and saw a lot of other birds chasing this crow. The more and more it tried to fly, the more and more it saw the others were chasing it. Suddenly it occurred to this crow, all of them are not chasing me. They are chasing to that piece of food I am holding between my beak. So it just opened the beak and dropped that food it was holding. All the other crows went after that food which was falling. Alone in the sky, it seems the crow remarked, in dropping that piece of food, the whole sky became mine. <clears throat> and experientially, that's what you realize when you transcend your ego. When you And what is transcending ego? There is no more a sense of separatedness. The plant you take care of is an extension of you. The people you serve is an extension of you. The cause that you represent is an extension of you. The work you do is an extension of you. Sangam, Saranam, Gachami, all of you together, learning together, growing together, realizing together, serving a common purpose together. All of you growing out of the same source of energy, from the same path, from the same vision, from the same wisdom. You no more see anybody as the other. You see everybody, the dirt within you, the ugliness within you, the arrogance within you, the anger within you, the lust within you, the illegitimate thoughts within you, which should not even part of you. Everything dissolves. Because when I see you as a natural extension, nothing within me permits me to think or feel other than what I am allowed to think and feel. There is an inner purification that happens in the entire process. When ego goes, everything else comes. And how do I reach that state? It's nice to listen to a talk. It's nice to even desire to reach that state transcendental of ego. Men of wisdom said, bow down, learn to bow down, learn to bend. Bring those hands together and bend down and remind yourself, you and me are one and the same. I bow down to that spiritual oneness within you. A ritual performed in order to achieve transformation of a feeling. In a modern etiquette, in a business etiquette, in a corporate etiquette, you would shake hands with people, glad to meet you. Right now you don't even feel glad. But you say, glad to meet you. That's just the beginning of an action performed in order to achieve transformation of a feeling. The master was sitting with his eyes closed. The seekers were sitting around him. It was supposed to be a question-answer session. But the master had that one habit. Whenever he comes out of meditation, he'll ask for something you should provide. And only then he'll answer the question. And that day also he opened his eyes. And as he opened his eyes, he said, I want Napoleon brandy. The seekers were all shocked. Master Satvik evolved. Because of him, we all got transformed and he wants brandy. But people said, we need question and succession. What master wants, give it. So immediately when Napoleon brandy was bought and kept in front of the master, the moment it was kept, the master folded his hands, looked at his seekers and he said, do you know one thing? Without the cooperation of my hands, 
that brandy cannot get inside me. And then he looked at everybody and said, even if you have not yet reached that stage where you can transcend the temptation for all that, you can at least do this. Fold your hands at the point of temptation and do not allow your body to cooperate. That cigarette is not going to get into your lips without the cooperation of your body. Thoughts of lust cannot enter you unless the eyes wander. As long as you can train your eyes that I will only see what I want to see and I will not see what I need not see. See, I may not have yet reached that stage where at the realm of my own emotions, there is a part of animal residing in most men. We are still arriving, we are still seeking, we still want to reach. There is still limitations within. So I may not have yet reached that stage where in my thoughts there are no blemish, in my heart there is no blemish, in my feeling there is no blemish, but I can bring in this discipline into me that I will not allow my eyes to see what it need not see. And with that discipline I will initially create that physical mastery and eventually my physical mastery will become my mental mastery, my emotional mastery, my spiritual mastery. So the master said, even if you have not reached that stage, that you cannot transcend the need for all this. Remember a Swami Vivekananda during those moments, the man with the folded arms, and he is somehow telling you, control your body. You may not have reached that stage where you have transcended anger. To put it politely, when you feel angry, one thing can be controlled. Don't speak, shut up. <laughs> Let the anger burn within you, fume within you. Let it not get expressed. That is to put it politely. To put it bluntly, I tell people, next time you get angry, you take your fist and put it into your mouth. Let it be embarrassing. Let people ask, must be you are angry, that's why you are standing like this. Two, three times you do, third time you feel embarrassed to get angry. Because your anger except disturbing you and disturbing others, it's not going to achieve anything else. Anger will only change the action of a person. Communication alone will change the thinking of a person. And whatever correction you bring in the world outside through your anger, you will always find that which you shout for, you find yourself periodically still shouting at. Because time being you can shout at the pune. Why you brought water like this? The whole glass is wet. How many times I have told you? Today he will wipe and give. Three days later wet glass will come again. Because through all your anger, you are only correcting the action of a person. You are correcting the effect, you are not correcting the cause. Communicate to him, communicate to him. Communication will not produce immediate results. But when it becomes a result, it will become permanent. Now how do I transcend this anger? And it's not difficult to learn. I am sure some of the messages he has told you, he has been telling you for 8 years now daily. But one day the transformation happens internally. And when that happens, it becomes a permanent transformation. The master said, you may not have reached that stage where you can transcend anger, but you definitely have reached the stage where you can bring in that physical control. Don't speak when you are angry. Abstain from action and abstain from decision making when you are angry. And a time will come when you will transcend anger and there will be spontaneity in your action. You may not have reached that stage where you transcend the need for temptations, for a lot of sensual gratification. But discipline yourself at the physical level. Don't hear what you don't have to hear. 
walk the very instant you know gossip is happening. The very instant, the most uncivilized activity of modern generation is gossip. Discussion, the focus is what is right. Argument, the focus is who is right. Gossip, nothing needs to be right. You tell something for some time, I will tell something for some time. Only thing, the person involved should not be there. Whatever you want, you can tell. And the curse of a gossiper is, every gossiper will be gossiped about. Five people will meet and discuss the sixth person who is not there. Then the fifth person will leave. After he goes, four will discuss about the fifth person. <laughs> and gossip, you are just filling yourself with your mind, with thoughts. You know, I never read the newspaper. Because I don't think there's anything in newspaper which is going to enhance my life. I never read the newspaper. I don't want to feel somebody has died in the world outside. If it makes me responsible, it's okay. If it makes me sad, it's not going to take me anywhere. Some scandal is out there in the world. Are you willing to enter politics and correct it? No. Then reading it, you're only going to be saddened. In this time, read the scripture. Read the dharma. Get your thinking right. All the notes that you have written from the satsangs, go through it. Reform your thoughts. Rajan, then how will I know what's happening in the world? Some fellow will come and update you. <laughs> Some fellow will invest two hours of his time, read everything, and only the essence of it you will be updated. That's what you should know. See, I also know there is a tsunami and earthquake in Japan, and ever since I have been meditating for it, I've been updated. That's all I should know. How big the wave was. How many people died. Blood. Meanwhile, go get busy creating new world. Get busy making a difference. Get busy being useful. Get busy purifying yourself. Somebody will tell you. All updates will come. Somebody will watch the entire nine hours of the match and come and tell you India has lost. Okay, that's all I have to know. Here is somebody who is telling you, you need to be happy, you need to be blissful, you need to be peaceful, you need to make a difference. 